Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. Uh, my name is Kirk Reed. Um, Alyssa Reed is not with me this morning, uh, so I'm flying solo. Um, host-wise, I do have a very special guest with me today, uh, Mr. Kurt Zarnowski of Zarnowski Consulting. Uh, good morning, Kurt. Good morning, Kirk. Good to be here. Uh, Thank you for, for coming. Um, this is always one of our one of our best shows. Ooh, I uh, bet you say that I, to I, all I, the guests. I don't, <laughs> I don't throw that around lightly. Uh, so Kurt uh, is a long time, uh, well, semi-retired, uh, but for a long time worked for the Social Security Administration. Uh, how many years were you there? I was there for 34 years. 34 years with the Social Security Administration. Yep. Um, <laughs> and now you're semi-retired and, and, and a consultant uh, in, in the same field, um, hosting uh, seminars and workshops. Yep. Um, and for the last 20 years of my career at Social Security, my job was as the communications director here in New England, which meant I spent my time out talking to folks about the program and for nine years now I've continued to do that same type of work in semi-retirement because I enjoy it but I also think there's a real need for the information and uh, been teaming up with the folks here at McNamara for I don't know five or six years or so at least and, yeah, yeah um, to uh, put on seminars for clients and prospects and uh, uh, appear on the radio show uh, to answer questions so uh, social security it's a great topic a lot of misinformation out there and uh, always happy to come on the air and, and uh, deal with the uh, listeners' questions and, and some other things that you want to talk about, try and 
dispel some of those myths and misunderstandings. And speaking of that, so I'll give out the phone number. This is a call-in talk radio show. We love to get calls. Uh, 781-837-4900. Uh, so give us a call and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll answer your social security questions. Um, and, and also along those lines, so Kurt, uh, as he just mentioned, uh, he will be doing a social security seminar uh, for us uh, on April, let's see, uh, 30th. April 30th uh, at 6.30 p.m. Uh, at the Cask and Flagon yep. uh, in Marshfield. Uh, so you can call the office uh, if you would like to register. Uh, the office number is 781 8342010 uh, or you can register through our website which is mcnamarafinancial.com. Um we are asking for a $10 donation uh, which will go to the Marshfield Food Pantry. Um then uh, after that, uh, let's see, next Saturday, the topic, uh, radio topic is I've been laid off. Now what do I do? Uh, and that'll be Mike and Pam uh, talking about uh, what kind of steps you can do to help help that situation. Uh, so, Kurt, yeah, so, you know, we're going to go talk about Social Security today. The seminar, you know, will cover, you know, similar topics. But the nice thing about the seminar is, you know, People can you know ask their questions, um, and you can you know uh, you know answer specific questions. Um, and you know, as a consultant, uh, you know people can basically hire you. Sure. Um, you know, for you know one-on-one consultations. You know, they can give you their specific um, situation. You can kind of, and I know, and I know you'll say this, and you've said this. You know, you're not you're not a financial advisor. Uh, you're not necessarily going to tell them what to do, uh, but you can you know very clearly lay out you know all their options, um, and you know very clearly define you know what's available to them. Yeah, you're right, and I make that very clear. Uh, what I try and do in helping people with the social security conundrum is help them understand what they can do, understand their choices and options, uh, but ultimately deciding what they should do. That's someone's choice. You know, they're the ones who have worked, paid into the program. I'm in no position to tell them what they should do. But I always say, unless you fully understand what you can do, you're in no position to decide what you should do. So right. I always like to make sure people are making an informed choice because the big question people always ask, Kirk, you know as well as I do, is, well, when should I take my money? Right. You know, that's the big thing. And, and people have choices, they have options. And as I say, when I talk to folks, either individually or in groups, want to help them understand what those choices and options are. Um, and then ultimately deciding what they want to do, that's entirely their choice, their decision. But as long as they're making an informed decision, uh, then I'm fine with that. It's it's you know it's it's not a straightforward um, system. Um, it's it, in my opinion. <laughs> there, there certainly are a lot of moving parts, but have you seen the tax code lately? That's well, a, I, sure. I, I, that. uh, I mean, yeah, everything's relative. Everything's but, relative. But right? it's you know it's it it, it does have the several variables, especially sure. especially if you're you know a married couple. You know there are some 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 additional complexities that go along with that, and it's and it's hard and. Um, you know, I, I talked to somebody just the other day and they were trying to, you know, they were looking something up and they, you know, they couldn't quite find the answer they were looking for, you know, online. You know, they tried to call Social Security. They said they waited on, you know, waited, you know, for a long, you know, 30 or 40 minutes on the phone, never got it, you know, finally hung up, you know, just kind of frustrated. And so it's, you know, sometimes it's hard to get get those specific answers you're looking for. Sure, and so absolutely. It's, you know, so it's great to have, you know, people like you out there that can give, the, you know, give those answers um, uh, on, you know readily available. Um, so, 
you had this, you know, sort of outline put together, uh, which is great. Um, and so I think, you know, one of the first things that you, you had uh, mentioning uh, to talk about was, you know, how does somebody, how does somebody become eligible? You sure. know, how, how do you, how do you earn those social security uh, benefits? You know, and that's one of the things about social security, the hallmark of it, you know, it's been around for more than 83 years now. Um, but hallmark of the program is that is an earned right. You qualify for social security benefits because you worked and paid taxes into the social security program or a family member has done that. Um, and beginning of the program, you earned coverage and protection under social security by accruing what were called quarters of coverage. During the early days of the program, if you work during a calendar quarter of the year, January, February, March, April, May, June, um, and if you made at least $50 during that calendar quarter, you would earn one social security quarter of coverage. Because there are four calendar quarters in a year, you could earn a maximum of four quarters of coverage with one year's work under the Social Security program. 1978, though, Congress changed the system, made it easier for people to get coverage and protection under Social Security, because now you earn what are called credits. And credits are accrued not based on when you work, but based on the dollar amount of earnings that you have during the course of the calendar year, regardless of when you make it. 1978, first year of credits, you get one social security credit for each $250 that you made. Again, maximum of four credits could be earned in a year, but it meant if you had $1,000 or more in earnings in 1978, you get your four social security credits for calendar year 1978. Now, with the passage of time, the amount of money required to accrue a credit has grown. 2019, you get one credit for each $1,360 that you make. Again, earn a maximum of four credits in the year means you have earnings of 54, 40 or more during the course of the year, regardless of when you make it, make it all in one day. You've accrued your four credits for the Ooh, year. Make it all in one day. There you, we go. You now we're could, absolutely. Actually, can, can I interrupt you for a sec? We actually, we actually have a caller. All right, let me finish this thought. Okay. We'll take the caller. Okay. Yep. So basically the bottom line is once you've accrued 40 credits and or quarters of coverage, you're qualified for a social security retirement benefit and you'll always get something when the time comes. So basically you need 10 years of work under the system, 40 credits and or quarters of coverage, you're good to go, you'll always get something. Okay, we can come back to that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Tim, can we go to our caller? We have uh, Sue in Braintree. Good morning, Sue. Hi, Sue, are you there? Oh, maybe not, okay. Um, all right. Well, oh. we'll see if she calls back. That's sure. Okay. Sure. Um, so basically, you know, 10 years of work under the system will absolutely positively qualify you for something some, some when the time comes. And we'll talk about what when the time comes means. We'll also talk about how much that's going to be. But that's how you get your foot in the door. Thing is, if you don't accrue those 40 credits and or quarters of coverage, you can't qualify for anything from Social Security based on your own work record. And it's really kind of a cliff. You have 39 credits, 39 quarters. No, you don't qualify. Nothing. You get yeah. 40, you're good. But even if you don't have the 40 based on your own work activity, may be possible to collect based on the work and earnings of your spouse, ex-spouse, or deceased spouse. And okay. with time, we can talk about spousal and survivor benefits as well. But okay. 10 years of work, the equivalent of 10 years. Now, the important thing is you don't have to earn four credits each year. You can't earn more than four. But one here, two here, once you've cobbled together 40, you're gonna be good to go and you're always gonna get something. So then the question is, well, how do you know how many credits you have? Okay, right. right. And back in the day, Social Security used to mail out on an annual basis a paper document, a Social Security statement. They'd be mailed, anyone who was 25 years of age or older, 
that's social security statement designed to show up in somebody's mailbox about three months before their birthday and gave important retirement planning information, benefit estimates, provide a year-by-year breakout of what somebody had earned under the program. But it also listed or told people how many credits that social security records showed that they have. And at the top of the second page, to qualify for retirement benefits, you need 40 credits. Our records show you have 26, 28, or if you have 40, our records show you have at least 40. So that's um, the way you could tell. I think, but, I think it says, it'll say you are you have qualified for benefits, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Once yep. you've hit the 40 yep. or- Yep, yep. once yep. you get 40. Yep. So the important thing for folks is, well, Social Security doesn't mail that paper document to anyone over the age of 25 anymore. So how do you get that information? Well, biggest thing is you need to set up a Social Security account. Uh, and Social Security has done a lot of work on setting up this personalized, individualized Social Security account. You do that by going to socialsecurity.gov slash my account and you reg- register with that account in place many important things you can do with Social Security once you're collecting benefits. But prior to collecting, you're able to download a Social Security statement for yourself whenever you need one. So if listeners haven't yet set up a Social Security account, I encourage them to do that. Again, the big byproduct is you're able to get a Social Security statement whenever you need one, and you'll know how many Social Security credits you have. If you don't yet have your 40, now you know how by working in a job covered by Social Security this year, you make at least $1,360. For each $1,360 you make, you get one credit towards that four you can accrue during calendar year 2019. And the amount required, as I mentioned before, goes up a little bit year over year. But again, this year, $5,440 or more in earnings. Again, regardless of when you make it, you've accrued your four credits towards the 40 that you need. do, do they still send out some paper statements? Good point. I was going to get to that. And Social Security has decided to resume ma- mailing paper statements on a limited basis. But what they say is if you are 60 years of age or older and haven't set up your individual account, they will mail you a paper statement, say, most scheduled about three months before your birthday. But that's it. 60 or older, haven't set up an account, you'll get a paper statement in the mail. But if you're under the age of 60, the only way you get a statement is by setting online, up your online, online account. Online, okay. and, and my view is even if you're over the age of 60, I think it makes sense to set up that social security account because you're going to sit down with somebody, do some financial planning, retirement planning. By having that account in place, you can download and have in your hand a current social security statement, which is going to make that planning process more worthwhile. So I encourage everyone to do that. The um, And I know if you go, so SSA, uh, SSA.gov. It works. Same, www.ssa.gov yep. or www. all Either one same gets, place. gets you the same place. So I know, I know there's also, besi- besides setting up your, you know, doing the username and the password and all this stuff, there's like a, there's a, like a quick calculator. But you, still, you still have to plug in your social and your birthday and all that stuff, but it, it's a quick, a quick way to just get some, some estimates yep. uh, without getting the whole statement. It, and you know, that's, uh, one, that's an important point. One of the things about the statement, too, is it gives you benefit estimates at three ages, 62, your full retirement age, or 70. And in calculating the estimate shown in the statement, Social Security assumes you're going to continue working right up until right. 66 or 70 or whatever. You know... A lot of people may be interested in collecting payments at an age other than just those three, may also be interested in figuring out what would happen to their social security benefit if they quit work today. Right, but didn't collect for a few years. And that online estimator that you referenced, that's an important tool to use as well, because you can 
develop what if scenarios. Right. Find out how much you'd get if you started to collect at 64 and four months or 68 and eight months or whatever right. you want. So right. both of those, the statement is powerful planning tool, but that online estimator, same thing. Yeah, I think some people, some people, you know, there are people out there that are maybe uncomfortable, you know, doing, setting up, you know, setting up the username and the password, or they don't like giving that information or they're just, you know, they don't, can't figure it out. And yep. so the estimator is just kind of a quick way to Absolutely. get some, get yep. some, get some yep. data. Absolutely. Um, and, and planning for retirement is really important. We talked about it together at the seminars around the shows. People need to understand the social security program designed to provide simply a base or a foundation of income, but it was never intended to be someone's sole source of income in retirement. You got to find ways to supplement the social security payments that you're going to get. And the sooner you recognize that, take those steps the more likely you are to have that comfortable retirement you hope to enjoy. So you got to understand what you're going to get as a base and then work feverishly to, to supplement. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. Um, so, okay, so 40, 40 credits. Foot in the uh, door, it, you're good to go. Yep. You get, you get, that qualifies you for something. Um, I don't know if you're going to talk about this later or if this is a good spot to talk about it, but there is there is a maximum amount of income where they where they stop taking money out of your pay, right? Yep. Uh, so yep. Do you know Do you know what that sure. number is? Sure. Yep. Absolutely. And so that's that's a good point. Again, you got to be with the Social Security program. You need to be working in a job which is covered under Social Security. By and large, the vast majority of jobs in this country are covered under the Social Security program. But there are a few holdouts, state and local employees, in a number of jurisdictions, including here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and and other um, parts of the country. But probably about 95, 96 percent of the jobs do fall under the Social Security umbrella. So if you're in one of those jobs, you as an employee pay a 6.2 percent Social Security payroll tax, FICA tax, Federal Insurance Contributions Act tax. It's matched by your employer. But each year there is a maximum level of earnings that you have that are subject to Social Security tax. This year, you're going to pay Social Security tax in the first $132,900 that you make. Again, matched by your employer. Anything you make above that, well, you'll continue to pay a 1.45% Medicare hospital insurance tax, every dollar you make subject to that Medicare tax, but you only pay social security tax up to a taxable maximum, again this year, $132,900. The important thing is when it comes time to calculate your benefit, social security calculates your benefit by averaging your 35 highest years of inflation adjusted earnings. But it's important to remind folks, the average is only on those earnings that have been subject to social security tax. So for example, this year you can make half a million dollars, you pay tax on 132.9. When it comes time to average your earnings, they don't average in half a million dollars. No, it's that 132.9. So your benefit is always based on earnings that have been subject to social security tax. This year, maximum 132.9, it goes up a little bit each year as, as wages grow in the, uh, in the economy. Right. So in, or, in order to, and so in order for somebody to get the biggest, the max, the, the, big, the biggest social security benefit that they basically need, they basically need to earn at least that $132,000 a year. Well, they, the, they the, need to have for yeah. each of the past 35 years have earned whatever the max, whatever the maximum was for each of those years or more. Okay. And if they've done that for somebody at full retirement age of 66 this year, their benefit this year, $2,861 a month. Okay. 2861 max at full retirement age in 2019 for somebody at full retirement age of 66 who 
again, for each of the past 35 years has had earnings at or above whatever the taxable maximum has been for each of those years. About $34,000 a year. Mm. Nothing to sneeze at, Mm. but again, designed to provide a base of income. So people ask, well, that's the max. Is there an average? Well, the average Social Security retirement this year, $1,461. Yeah, around $17,000. Yeah, half. About half. Yeah, yep. half of yep. that, yeah. Half of that. But yeah. uh, but again, it's your highest, and that's a, an important point. A lot of people mistakenly think your benefit's based on your high three or mm. your last five or like some other pension right, systems. Pensions, or pl- right. Yeah, uh-uh. <clears throat> benefits are designed to be calculated based on a lifetime of earnings, which is your highest 35 years of work under the system. Doesn't have to be your first 35. Doesn't necessarily have to be your last 35. It isn't necessarily 35 consecutive years. It's your highest 35 years of earnings. So then the question is, well, I haven't had 35 years where Mm. I've paid into Social Security. I've taken time out of the workforce to raise kids, care for aging parents. Well, unfortunately, if you don't have 35 years of something, zeros get plugged in for those additional years, lowers your average monthly wage and lowers your benefit. Right. Um, And I think, you know, another... You know, you know, we talked about the the statements and you know getting online and looking at your statement. So, so a good thing for somebody to do is go look at their statement because they it shows what Social Security has on file for each year for earnings. And so, it's a good idea to go through and because they could be wrong. You know, they might have missed something. And, Absolutely. And go through and say, you know, if there's a zero one year and say, no, I worked that year, and you know, it, maybe it wasn't a lot of money, but but it was something. And you know, so if if they're going to plug a zero in there, it's going to affect your absolutely. Yeah. And that's an important point about correcting Social Security earnings errors that may have occurred in the past. Yeah, can you? What is that? What is that process? So right. basically, the good news is, if it's a wage error where you're an employee, and we'll distinguish that from a self-employment situation, but there is no statute of limitations on how far back Social Security will go to correct an error that has occurred in crediting you with wages process? Well, basically, you need to provide proof of what the correct amount of earnings was. So it shows up as a zero year. Hopefully, you have a tax return or a W-2 from your employer going back. Mm-hmm. Bring that in. Social Security can make that change. But that that's one of the reasons why you want to stay on top of the situation. While there's no statute of limitations on how far back Social Security will go to correct an error, but what's the likelihood of you still having a W-2 right. from 1983 or right. something like that? So by staying on top of it, if you discover an error, you're more likely to have the documentation required easily accessible to make make the change that needs to be made. But that's an important point to distinguish between a wage error and if you are self-employed, and if you're self-employed, you fill out a Schedule C, a Schedule SE, at the end of the year, you pay Social Security tax on your net profit from your business. People who are self-employed have the privilege of paying the combined employer-employee rate. But the thing with Social Security and self-employment income, that gets credited through the filing of the income tax return. And if you discover a mistake has happened, the way you correct that is by filing an amended tax return. And on the tax side, you have a three-year, three-month, 15-day statute of limitations in which you can file an amended return. So with earnings, wages, yeah, no statute of limitations as long as you have documentation. But if you're self-employed, far more important to stay on top of it because you do have that limited period of time in which you can file an amended return to get the correct amount of earnings posted Mm, to your record. Yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, that's I think that's yeah very important. Uh, I knew I knew it was three years. I, I didn't know it was it was three. Well, you yeah, got, you, three months. Three months and uh, well, you think about it. It's like yeah. April fifteenth is yeah. the uh, right. The, uh, okay. The, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. Um, all right. So we talked about okay. So we talked about credits. Um, we talked about the online, and, and that was kind of your next section here for the the planning tools. Yep. Okay. So all right. So. Let's talk about when when somebody might collect. What uh, a great idea! Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think we have a couple minutes here before before the break, okay. so we can we can kind of get started. Yep. But so we we'll get started. This, so this is a long this is a long one, probably. Sure, yeah. sure. And and so now we're talking about retirement benefits. You know, we'll talk about if we have time survivor benefits or other things like that. But with retirement benefits, as I said, you get choices and you got options in terms of when you can collect. Key point I always say to folks is you need to start by making sure you know what Social Security calls your full retirement age. When the program started in 1935, full retirement age was set as the month you turned age 65. It was 65 for everyone without exception. 1983, Congress changed the law, recognizing life expectancies increasing. So they increased Social Security full retirement age for anyone born 1938 or later. Increase has gradually been phased in over time or not the point where for a big chunk of the boomers, Anyone born between 1943 and 1954, it's the month you turn age 66, but it continues to increase beyond that, tops out. For you and Alyssa, for example, anyone born 1960 or later, your Social Security full retirement age right now is the month you turn age 67. Okay. Important to know what your full retirement age is. Now, collecting at full retirement age isn't your only option, but make sure you know what yours is. A lot of features that we'll talk about do flow from having reached full retirement age. But regardless of what your full retirement age is, you can start to collect as early as age 62 if you choose to do so. Now, regardless of regardless uh, of, what of, your, of birth date. It, regardless of what your full retirement is, regardless of what your birth date is, under the rules today, you can still start to take your payments as early as age 62 if you choose to do so. But here's the thing. Social Security, as the name implies, it's a social insurance program. Congress has built certain social goals in. One is hope that everyone ends up with roughly the same amount of lifetime benefits, regardless of when they start to collect. And so you opt to start taking your payments before you've hit that full retirement age month. Well, now by starting sooner, in theory, then you'll now be collecting for a longer period of time because you started earlier. You'll find that your payment amount is reduced. For each month prior to your full retirement age, you opt to collect your benefit, your full retirement age amount benefit, reduced by roughly half a percent, half a percent per month reduction. And oh yeah, it's a permanent reduction. A lot of people mistakenly think, yeah, I know I'll start early, I'll get less, but as soon as I hit full retirement age, my benefit will be increased. No, permanent reduction. Again, the idea, starting earlier means in theory you're collecting for a longer period of time so you're given a little bit less than an individual monthly basis but it's supposed to all even out important thing is you don't have to start right on your birthday you don't have to start the first of the calendar year you can start at any point you want makes sense for you but recognize that if you opt to start collecting before you've hit your full retirement age month you're going to get less each month for the rest of your life. It's a permanent reduction. Again, roughly half a percent per month, 6% per year haircut if you start early. You start right at full retirement age, you get 100% of your benefit. But among the options you have are wait past full retirement age before starting, if that makes sense. And with that social insurance idea in place, you opt to delay. Well, now in theory, by starting later, you'll be collecting for a shorter period of time. Well, your payment ought to be increased if you wait. And it is. These are called delayed retirement credits. And now for each month past full retirement age, you defer. Your benefits increase by two-thirds of a percent. Two-thirds percent per month, 
translates to an eight percent per year increase by waiting. But again, you don't have to not collect for a full year for each month past full retirement age. You wait, still get the two thirds. You get that two thirds. Two thirds. Key thing though is these delayed retirement credits only accrue from full retirement age until age seventy. Now you never have to take your social security (laughs) payments. Right. It's not like there's a required minimum distribution like there is with your four hundred one k and things like that. Right. But if you opt to defer from full retirement age until age 70, you'll find that your payments increase by two-thirds of a percent for each month in that period of time. Any months you wait past that, no additional increase by waiting. So again, it's a continuum. You can start as early as 62. Makes no sense to wait past age 70. Which point along that line makes the most sense for the person recognizing you start right at your full retirement age. You get 100% of your benefit. Start at any point prior to that, you're going to get less wait past that point, you're going to get more. Right. And it's an individual decision. Right. And it's, um, I mean, so much of it is, uh, you know, de- so de- determining, you know, what's, what's the, the, you know, the ideal or the, uh, the optimal for, for an individual person. So much of it is derived by how long they live. It, well, which, it's which, ultimately which, which, a longevity right? decision, which, 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 is, which is unknown. <laughs> Absolutely. And so that, you know, that's what makes it, you know, and that's what makes it, you know, impossible to, to, to nail it, uh, quote unquote. But, um, you know, you, you make your best guesses. And, and, and I think we should take a break and yeah. we'll come back to this because this, this is yeah, a lot more to talk one. about here.